So I, uh, there are several Sundays where um, I just give out bonus points for being here. Today's one of those. I'm glad you're here. Um, I don't know if it's hunting season. There's a lot of people who are sick. I'm one of them. Last night I thought, uh, if I get worse, I'm going to have to call somebody in the morning. And um, if I'm better, I can preach. If I'm the same, it's going to be an interesting sermon. And I'm the same. Just medicated and up here. So, uh, I may be swallowing more than usual. Uh, but I, we're, we're going we're gonna to plow through. Uh, tonight is uh, the fall festival. If you have not, um, if you haven't made plans to come to this, but you don't have any other plans anyway, please come to this. It is, it's going to be fun. We're having, like, people are, com- we're ha- we have competitive chili to eat. Competitive chili is way better than regular chili because people are trying. So we, we're having competitive chili tonight. Um, I'm sure there's other things like Fritos and whatnot. And, nope, not Fritos. Crackers? Crackers? Will they be? Okay. Um, it'll be great. No one wants Fritos. We're going to have crackers and cheese. Yeah, it'll be good chili. Uh, and uh, there'll be games. You'll see. You'll, you'll, you'll probably get to talk to someone that you don't typically get to talk to. It's events like this that, make, that can grow our church to closer. Uh, sometimes you can get in the habit of sitting in a, um, a chair and facing the front, and you know some people, but only if you see the back of their head at Walmart, because you've just stared at the back of their head for the last three years. So uh, we're really glad that uh, we we're really glad we're having this, and we're really glad that, ma- that a lot of you are coming. A lot of a lot of you have signed up to to make chili. Please don't fall through on that one. Um, Jenny didn't know that was an option until I just said it. Sorry. Yeah, but everyone's going to make their chili and show up and have fun. Um, also, uh, there'll be games for kids. It's stuff like this. It's stuff like this where I get to know you guys um, better. Uh, it's where we get to know each other better. Uh, and that's, that's how the world works. You really want to get to know somebody, have a party. Um, have a festival, as we call it here. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're having a festival at my house later. A Super Bowl festival. Uh, <laughs> I told you, I'm a little medicated. I'm going to be all right, though. The filter's not working as well. So we have, uh, we're, we're having a get-together. Now, in the, first, in the first century, the way they got together mattered more, or they understood that it mattered more than we understand that. Like, sometimes we think, oh, yeah, we're going over to somebody's house. That's a big deal. You're, you're, you're communing with people. You're getting gathering around the table matters. Having people around your table. What you do as friends, what you do as community matters and it affects you. And so whenever there is a wedding and people invite you, it was a big deal back then. Now it's a little frustrating, right? When you get a wedding invitation, oh, we've got to go to this thing. <laughs> back, back then, though, the wedding, like, that was the, only, that was the best form of em- entertainment you had. You're having a wedding. There's going to be a feast. There's going to be, like, really potent grape juice. And there's going to be, like, this, it's going to be a good thing. 
and everyone's excited about the, the wedding. And if you throw a bad wedding, if you throw a bad feast, if you're not invited to the feast, then you're in, you're, you're, you should be shamed. You, w- you would be shamed by your community. So a meal, a feast, if someone declares, I'm going to have a feast, the people who are invited are all people of honor. And if you are not invited, well, sorry about you. Well, Jesus is eating at a guy's house, a Pharisee's house, in Luke. And something really interesting happens. He tells a story about a party. Now, we call, we call it a, they call it a feast, we call it a festival, but really it's just this get-together, people, people getting together, hoping to enjoy each other's company. And they're going to eat, and they're going to drink, and they're going to be merry. That's just that's what it was. And Jesus tells this story in response to something, but first, let's hear the story. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, I set this question up here just to show you that like, this wasn't Jesus just walking into a room. Someone said something, and, or Jesus said something, and then someone responded and said, Blessed are those who eat in the kingdom of God. And Jesus tells a story. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, now when Jesus says is they began to make excuses, I want you to lift, really in your head, lift up the idea of a banquet. Like it's not, it's, it, it's, it's more important than we make it. So when someone says, well I can't because, like the fact that you were invited means you've got to come. It's a slap in the face of the person who invited you to not come. So it's a big deal for them to say, I can't, because these are some legitimate excuses. The verse said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. That's the least legitimate. Like, you, you bought it, you can go see it later. You just got to look at it. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I, I can't come, liar. <laughs> the servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out and go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Jesus tells this story in a situation where he's eating and he's, he's, supposed, he's supposed to be honored as a guest. And he says, you know, the people that we should be inviting to our table are the people who are hurting, who are sad, the people who are poor, the people who are, who are broken, the sick. And uh, the, the person then says, well, a very Jesus-y thing. Right? Well, blessed are those who were... And he's probably expecting a amen. 
But he gets a story in which Jesus says some people were invited and they didn't come. And sometimes we picture God, like this God who's, who's constantly trying to keep people out. Like there's all these hoops we've got to jump through to get to God. But it is by the grace of God that we have been saved. And it is by the grace of God that we find this a, a God who wants to fill his table. The Bible says God doesn't want anyone to perish, but wishes that all would come to salvation. God wants you to be there. God's not just sort of patiently waiting to see who comes. God wants us to come. He has invited us to his banquet. I think the best way to imagine heaven is that of a banquet where we all sit down at the feet of God and it's not just all praise and, and glorifying God, that will happen too, but it's where we are, we are together and we are um, interacting and God is interacting with us. Jesus is interacting with us. Where we're going to stick our foot in our mouth and we're saying, well, I'm not Noah or something like weird like that and Noah says, well, I am. I'm like, oh, sorry. Hey, I'm Benjamin. I'm Joseph. Whoa, the Joseph, which one? Coat of many colors. Oh, that one. Okay, good. Not as exciting, but still awesome. The second best Joseph. Good job. So we're going, we're really, like, that, that's going to be, it's going to be a beautiful thing. And God wants you there. God wants you there. And he wants, get this, your enemy there. He wants the people that frustrate you there as much as he wants you there. God is hoping, and through Jesus, he has extended his invitation to so many. I think we can throw out our own excuses. I think we can become distracted by things that don't matter as much as the banquet. God has invited us to commune with Him. Do you get, do you get this? We can, we can talk to the God of the universe anytime we want. Do you get that? Just let that sink in just for a second. We can communicate with in Jesus' name, we can communicate with the God of the universe any time we want to. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be uh, like formally said. You know, in the church I grew up in, I, don't, I'm not sure, I didn't know if I could pray right because I couldn't speak King James. Thou art holy. I didn't know that language. And for me, there was a, there was a sense of, I've got pr to pray right or know how to pray correctly before I pray. You know what's a fantastic prayer to pray? God, I'm sad. 
God, I'm angry. God, I'm mad. God, I'm happy. God, I'm scared. Those prayers matter. Because you are, you are opening yourself up to the God of the universe. The holy God has invited you in. But we can get really distracted. I know this is a tough week to ask this of you. But this week, whatever it is that you habitually check, the news, the Facebooks, election updates, Those places your mind just instinctively goes to when your mind's not going anywhere. Let those things this week be flags for you to remind you to pray. Just for a second. You know that you can rename your apps? Actually, I don't, you can't rename your apps. You can rename your little folders that you put your apps in. I've got a social media folder, because that opens up, says social on top. It's got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and you can rename the name. And so if I, I have to open a folder to get to the things that I check. I have a news folder. I have to open a folder. It comes up. All my little apps, news apps, whatever apps you'd imagine I have in there, that's what I have. So news, X out news, just right, remember to pray. I think we are so distracted by the events of the world around us, by I bought a new thing, and I've got to check it out. I've got this thing. I've got to take care of this relationship that's serious. Yeah, that relationship's serious. It should be so serious that you decide to pray about it before you go check on it. That you come into the presence of God before you act it out. Yeah, it's a big deal that you bought a bunch of oxen, if any of you have done that. Yeah, it's a big deal that you got married. Yeah, it is a big deal that you bought some land. Those aren't small things. But if we're too preoccupied with the rather large things to accept an invitation to the biggest thing, we've made some mistakes along the way. God is inviting you pleading with you to come to his banquet, to commune with him, to interact with him. And he's asking, he's asking that we come like the broken people that we are. That's what I love about the grace of God is that it doesn't require us 
to look away, to sound a certain way, to develop the Christian vernacular. Don't ever, I don't ever... I don't ever want anyone to think that they've got to stop swearing before they start with Jesus. That if I could just overcome this one bad thing, I've got to quit worrying before I start with Jesus. Take a second real quick and notice how you rank those sins in your brain. If, if we can... We don't have to stop before Jesus. Now, I would argue that Jesus will make you stop. Jesus will influence you. He'll influence your anger. He'll influence uh, addictions. He can influence... He can, Jesus can influence a lot of things. But you're not trying to win God's favor. You have God's favor. The invitation is magnetically attached to your refrigerator. You've been, you've been invited to the wedding. You've been invited to the feast. We have several. We get these a lot, these little invitations to the weddings. We put them on the refrigerator and we'll put a magnet on them. We have a save the date on our refrigerator. And Clara says, why does it say save the date? I said, well, it's, it's like an invitation before an invitation. And she goes, oh. I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, we don't know the date, but we know we're invited. We know we've been asked into the presence of God. We have found favor in the God of the universe. And it's crazy how much he has to work for it. We have his attention. And he has to work for ours. We have his devotion. And he has to work for ours. I want you to sort of mentally put a pin in whatever it is that you're distracted by. Typically, it's the stuff that keeps you up at night. Typically, it's the stuff that angers you or makes you afraid. Do not approach those things without first approaching the king. It's unhealthy. It's a distraction and it's an excuse. It's Satan saying, hey, look over here. And our response to Satan is not necessarily, I won't look over there. It's before I do, I'm getting focused on what really matters. And I am going to find peace in the God who found me. There's no other way to do this life. 
successfully than that. You just won't be able to do it. Without refocusing yourself, centering yourself in the presence of God, at the feast of God, without accepting the invitation of God, you won't be able to handle the things of life. They will toss you to and fro. People who don't train in prayer are like a man with lemonade glass in his hand floating down a lazy river claiming that at this rate, I could be an Olympic swimmer. You're not doing anything. You're just being pushed where the current takes you. You're just floating. And if the rapids get fast, you'll go fast. And if they slow down, you'll slow down. But someone who trains, who constantly is refocusing themselves, they are anchored to something, connected to something. And when a wave hits, they're holding on. I don't know if you've ever been in the ocean. I remember the first time I, I, was, I ever got in the ocean, I was just like, you know how kids are. The wave's coming and you're like, I'm going to tackle that thing. Now, I can't use this analogy fully because I was 21 when I first saw the ocean. <laughs> but when the girls did, you know, there's like this sense of, like they were so small that they didn't want anything to do with it until they were holding on to me. And when they're holding on to me, they can handle anything that the ocean throws especially because I know better than to go far out and where I can't handle it. But for some reason, they knew I got them, they got it. Don't be a child who wades out into waters they can't handle without holding on to your father. Don't let that happen. You're not up for it. You can't handle it. God is begging you to respond to his invitation. Now, this, may, this means eternally, but this means daily. Respond to his invitation to commune. Respond to his invitation to meet. I want to repeat this. He wants you to come. God's opinion about the matter is not, well, it could be this or it could be that. Whatever happens, happens. God is going to be disappointed if you don't come. Not because you failed, because he wanted you there. God wants you there. He wants you to be present. And I would argue it's the best move you can make this week and the week after and the week after that. It's the best move you can make.
then you're not tossed about like some ship without an anchor. But you find your peace. You find your security. And the one who has invited you to a feast that will outlast and outperform every feast. It's going to be the best, dare I say, party. It's going to be the best banquet, the best festival. You are invited. If you've never responded to that invitation, please come forward while we stand and while we sing.